Turn me up in my headphones. Oh, is that live? Yep. <laughs> I'm Scott. And I'm Prince. And this is the first last podcast. Today, our topic is going to be masculinity. Manly. Let's get into it. Cool. So, you know, this topic could be called a lot of things. Um, or at least my perspective on it, I think it's important that we call it masculinity alone. Indeed. Because instead of focusing on, you know, say, toxic masculinity or... <laughs> the buzzwords. Or, yeah, facts, or biblical manhood or all these different things, what we want to talk about is what a man is with Jesus in the picture, Indeed. you know? And I think that's the best version of what a man is because Jesus is the best version of a man in general. It, uh, you know, that's just the end of the story. And the story is the gospel. And the gospel tells a story of man being created um, by God, joined by women or woman um, in the Garden of Eden. And they chose to sin together, right? They chose to sin together. Indeed. I will also say, uh, you know, there's a lot of debate on like, oh, who really sinned? Is it, was it Adam? And Scott's looking at me like, Is Prince, there really are, you about a to, are, you, are you about to go off track? No, I'm not. They're like, who really sinned? Is it Adam or was it Eve? So yeah, Eve ate the apple, bro. Uh, Eve, Eve brought it to Adam, X, Y, Z. But my personal opinion, I can only say my opinion, is I believe that it was a bigger fall on Adam than it was on Eve because God told Adam what was going on. Yeah, I mean, well, I would say Adam was the one who received the command. Exactly, yeah. And then he, it was his job to relay it effectively to Eve. Exactly. So, and he didn't. But let me not get too Clearly. sidetracked there. I just wanted to put that in because I think it matters for the whole, um, whole, whole list, whatever the the whole of this podcast. <laughs> Basically, the gospel is a story about Jesus Christ. Everything that the gospel talks about, or refers to, or brings up, points back to the the uh, what's the word object of faith of Jesus Christ. So, after we chose to sin, after the first family and the first marriage chose to sin, there was a separation with God, and for hundreds of years, if not thousands, we had to kind of work our way to God by sacrifices and high priests and all these things that weren't even cutting it, to be honest. They were just good enough um, for the moment to not, you know, destroy us. Because we deserved to be destroyed because the wages of sin is death. <laughs> so, um, but God had compassion on us from the beginning. He said that he would, I can't, I don't want to misquote it, but he said that he would um, crush the head of the serpent through the child of the woman about this paraphrasing, right? Indeed. And the child of the woman was Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ definitely crushed Satan's stupid head um, when the time came. Don't worry. Nah, he got, he got something for you. Um, and Satan, we know where Satan ends up in the lake of fire. But sure. nonetheless, sure. um, basically the gospel is a redemptive story talking about how Jesus Christ loved the world. And God so loved the world that he sent his only son to a, a perfect man, a perfect man that never sinned and did no wrong to die on a cross with criminals and died but at the hand of those whom he loved and whom were his enemies did not like him. So he went to die for people who hated him just to make that clear. For sure. So we want to bring that up in the beginning because it is central to what a man is 
I, and I can, I'm gonna be saying me a lot because I can because I think there might be some things that me and Scott will differ on, and we want to have that on here so y'all can hear two men differing on different topics, which is fine. But Scott may very well agree with stuff I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that's up to you. <laughs> but um, so yeah, what I want to say is like the gospel is central to what a man is, and I believe that wholeheartedly. That a man's understanding of the gospel makes everything else make sense. It just does. Like the the parts of manhood and masculinity that may be, um, you know, I don't know how I don't have better words, but just like hated on or like misunderstood or yeah. not really accepted or doesn't really make sense or it sounds kind of patriarchal or X Y Z. You know, these those things mm-hmm. from my perspective make sense in light of the gospel alone. That's where they make sense. And outside of that, they do not make sense because there's the sin is just too rampant, bro. It's just it's too it's mm-hmm. too much, bro. So um, I want to start off with that. And now we can lead into more practical things that, um, you know, that are more um, what's the, is practical is a good word. I, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So real quick, the goal of this podcast, if you if you know what complementarianism or egalitarianism is. The goal of this podcast is not to argue for one of the one or the other. It is I'm not, not trying bro. to get in a theological debate. We're not trying to debate with y'all, but like you know, still DM us. But it truly, <laughs> but it is to to talk about what what we think that manhood or masculinity should look like in light of the gospel, right? And in light of who Jesus is, especially. Indeed. So Scott, um, if you wanted to bring up a good example of how Jesus, because the big thing is, I think right now the world has a very strong way of kind of painting it as men versus women or like um, uh, man independent of women or woman independent of man. Yeah. But there is, there is scripture that says that man is not independent of woman and woman is not independent of man. That the beauty mm-hmm. of the gospel is shown when men and women, even non-married men and women are in community thriving together within the presence of God. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you have something to share with us, Scott? Uh, I actually have a couple of things. I, I think that, before I talk about the woman at the well, which is kind of what I want to get to, First Timothy six eleven says, "But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godly godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness." And so I think like a lot of that sums up what masculinity should look like, yeah, uh, and what like manhood looks like, right? And so we think of Jesus and the woman at the well, and we see how he. Uh, pursued righteousness, godly, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness with her, uh, a woman who is considered an outcast at the time because of, one, her being a woman, and women were seen as less than at the time. Uh, two, she was not, she was a, what, what is it? She's a Samaritan, um, and the Jewish people, like, went around Samaria intentionally, did not like them, and... Uh, she was at the well in the middle of the day. So like all these things that put her on uh, in like a marginalized group at the yeah. time. And Jesus saw her, Jesus loved her and spoke truth to her. Right. And I, I think that even just that, there's so many other examples, right? But even just that is a really tangible, practical example of like, how, how should we today look at manhood and masculinity? Mm-hmm. I don't think it looks like, oh, let me act big and strong or right. let me uh, put on face when I'm like really hurting or yeah, anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think it, it looks like really honestly loving someone and meeting them where they're at and, and pursuing righteousness and godliness and faith, love, steadfastness and gentleness. That's a big exactly. one. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's really when, when I think of 
true masculinity or manhood without getting into the nitty gritty of the theological like roles of men and women exactly. And I think that that's what it looks like. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm low key going to lobby on this one. Um, not lobby, lobby you. <laughs> it sounded like lobby for a sec. Indeed. I truly do believe that, you know, all these, all the other like, you know, gender roles or X, Y, Z. I'm not like, I be, like, I'm not saying like, I don't believe in certain gender roles or X, Y, Z. But what I'm saying is that a man, I believe a man is known by his capacity to love and mm. you can have everything else. You can be theologically 10 toes, just all <laughs> these things, bro. But if, if you don't have love, like if you don't know how to love somebody, like just love human beings. Yeah. And especially to be honest, love God, which is why the gospel matters mm. so much. Then I, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, bro. Like, it's just one of those things like that's That's really, that's it. Like you can, you can miss the mark on all those other things, but if you have a capacity to love God and love others, truly, I think you're, you're, you're killing it, bro. Because I guess a big thing that I have struggled with over the years is like, does a man have to be perfect? You know, and that's just not true, bro. It's and you may you may understand that in the head, but sometimes it's hard to understand that in the heart. Is like, no, I'm not saying that um like I believe in in masculinity, right? And my masculinity may look different than how you picture it, Scott. And like Okay. Um, it may look the same, you know. Is like I believe that, you know, men should be strong. And when I say strong, some people probably think, oh, is he saying men shouldn't show their emotion? No. I think David was a strong man who was in touch with his emotions, who was expressive, who was gentle, but also he was a, this is, I love saying this. He was a man of peace and a man of war. Well, and also really quick, I think that when we hear strong, oftentimes we hear physically imposing. Exactly. And that's not necessarily what strength holistically looks like. Low key, bro. Um, so me and my um, sweet baby boo are reading this book. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're reading this book. Uh, what's it called? It's called Momentary Marriage by John Piper. Sweet baby. Hey, bro, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, shoot. Anywho. Uh, and he says something that literally just encapsulates kind of like what I see a man truly as. He says that men are supposed to be lion hearted and lamb like. And he, I mean, do you want to say about this? No, just define yeah. that. He's basically saying like. You know, you so you should have a side of you that is able to defend, and it, and it means defend, not attack. Not just, it's not like you're just out here wilding, just extra aggressive because you're insecure. You know, it's like defend, and also lamb-like. Like you need to be able to be shepherded. You need to be. You need to know how to submit to leaders. You need to know how to um, submit to God. Jesus was extremely submissive to god he was perfectly submissive to god he wasn't just all authority he was perfectly submissive to god to the point of death to the point of on death a cross so let's let's not act like um you just have to be boss man macho man it's like no there has to be a balance like real balance and it, you can't have that balance without an understanding of the gospel in my opinion so yeah yeah i think you brought up i mean bringing up the point of of like how the trinity interacts with each other so like god and G- god the father and jesus interacting with each other in terms of Jesus submission to God, I think is a really, uh, it's a really good way to put, uh, gender roles, whether you, whether you buy into whatever system or not, uh, because Jesus, regardless of the way that you look at it, like he was 
submissive to the father perfectly. Perfectly. And it wasn't a negative thing for him to be so. It was beautiful. And yeah, I just, I don't really have any more to say on that. Um, I want you to share um, a quote. Oh that yeah, you were referring to earlier. I think it was very strong, and it, it could really open this conversation up. Yeah. So, not without getting into toxic masculinity, uh, there's this quote that I read in an article. Uh, it, it was by Phil Mobley uh, in By Faith magazine, actually, but it was online. And he actually quotes someone else, so that was pointless. <laughs> he quotes Hannah Anderson and says, "Masculinity that is divorced from responsibility to community, to oneself, and to God is toxic." Words such as selfish, immature, and irresponsible come to mind. That's hard. Truly. That's hard, bro. That's, you know, like, actually, you want to speak on it? Sure. I mean, like, I feel like so often we think of masculinity, like I said, as physically imposing. It's very individual in how we think of it, Mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion, right? I, I think that... I think that it really clearly is is pointed to cer- some really certain individualistic character qualities, maybe that aren't necessarily true. Like, I I wholeheartedly agree with this quote in that like masculinity has a responsibility to community, to oneself, and mm-hmm. to God. Yeah. If you aren't answering to community, then you're being really selfish and individualistic. Even if you're trying to be responsible to God, but you're neglecting the people around you who also have the spirit of God in them. Right. Uh, if you're not responsible to God, that's wrong for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, and then not being responsible to yourself and just being almost like a, that the backwards, like, Oh, I'm just doing this for everyone else. And not like, I'm not doing this for, uh, I'm putting on face. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm doing, I'm obligating my responsibility to community and maybe like trying to obligate my responsibility to what God. Is, what is self responsibility though? Is that like self accountability? Like what is that self care? Uh, that's a really good question. I think that, I think that the Timothy verse, uh, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Like if you were to pick one out of there, it'd be like faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so like your own in the closet prayer life, uh, yeah, walk, yeah, like, yeah. like that type Not of facts, putting on face for your, real, <laughs> your individual faith life. I, I, I think that that's kind of what it's going for yeah. in terms of masculinity and what that looks like. So yeah, that's so good, man. That's awesome, bro. Shoot. That that is awesome, and honestly, like even when you say that, there's parts of that that I know, I have strong weaknesses in. Um, I'm just you know sometimes you gotta mm-hmm. get personal. It's like, but yet, you know, and this is why you know it it always comes back to the gospel, is because if you are a man and you're trying to embody these things without understanding of the gospel, there's no grace for you. Mm. There's just mm-hmm. not, bro. Like you will literally beat yourself over the head with your expectations for yourself to where you don't even uphold them anyways. Yeah. You know, so um it really does point back to Jesus, man, and um I think all those things are true. And honestly, if I'm being completely honest because this is first last podcast and we try to keep it real is like facts. These these things will be challenged as time goes on. Like and I do not buy I will we might get sticky here. It is what it is. I do not buy into the like thought that a man can just be whatever type of man he wants to be. And let me explain. Let me explain that. Please do. Is like, I don't buy into this whole thing of like, oh, if a man just wants to, I really should say a boy. Like if, I think the difference between a boy and a man, first off, first off, let me say that. I think there was a moment where I decided that I was going to be a man in this life. And I think most men have that, that like, 
they you know what I'm talking about, you know? I, I Does that think make sense? I do. Do you is it was it just like you taking on a certain level of responsibility? Yeah, you you or? there's like it's not like you just wake up one day like I'm be man today, but it's like it's like a <clears> slow like you're you're like realizing that it's not about you. And it really points back to what you're saying about responsibility mm. to others that it's it's kind of that moment where you kind of let go of this like big like oh it's just me type thing and it's like dang like yeah. no i'm here to lay down my life for real like mm-hmm. for real bro um and that even leads on to leadership but let me just finish what i'm saying like i don't buy into this whole thing of like oh there's like five there's like f- f- 10 different or a hundred thousand different types of um man i i really might butcher this but i'm not i'm trying not to like the hundred different types of ways that um god calls men to be you know it's not like bro we're all different obviously but i do believe that god made us different to serve a purpose on this earth like there's a reason god made me a man is what i'm saying yeah. like he didn't make me a man to do and people might agree but I'm, I'm bringing me here like he didn't make me a man to be a woman does that make sense in some yeah. way like no, I see what you're saying. He, like in some some may abuse that statement but i want to be clear like god has purpose in making us who we are like men and women both are made in the image of god and have dignity and worth, right? Similar and, to the the White Jesus podcast where it's like, I believe that God made me white for a reason. Exactly. I believe that God made you black for a specific it's, reason. And, and, and a so. white man and a black man for a reason, mm-hmm. you know? And it would be, almost to me, it, it's not right to just be like, yeah, whatever, God, I'm going to just do what I want, bro. It's like, no, it goes back to the gospel that like, and we can even step outside of family, like whether or not you believe that like a man is the head of the, I believe a man is the head of the household and I believe that it's a servant leadership role, X, Y, Z. Whether or not you believe all of that, at the end of the day, as a man, I believe you have a responsibility, like Scott was saying, to your community, to the people around you, to yourself, to be a protector, a lover, a low-key, a fighter, you know, when 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 it's time. For justice, <laughs> You right. know, for justice, yeah. you know, and to, to make people feel safe, which is completely opposite to what people may see men as today. Like, people be like, no, men are just dangerous, X, Y, Z, and it's fair yeah. based on personal experiences, but that's what I'm saying. It always makes sense in the gospel, and when you take it out of that, it makes no sense because people just abuse it. Yeah, like if we had a, I think if we had a culture of true masculinity or true manhood, then women wouldn't need to have little pepper spray bottles on their I'm keys. I'm saying. Uh, or to have the experience where they're holding their keys like it's brass knuckles, basically. Yeah, bro. Like, uh, like that kind of thing. Um <sighs> If we had a true culture of manhood and of men who are willing to sacrificially love the people around them, themselves, the world would make and so God, much more sense. My yeah. gosh. But it's not that way. It's not that way. That's the reality. Unfortunately. You know, and honestly, it's hard to it's harder to get men to do things than women to do things. Oh, that's a you big can speak one. Off, you can Yo, bro. It, all right. So in, <laughs> in in ministry roles, right? Especially, whether it's whether it's a summer camp, whether it's volunteers for literally anything ever. Uh, whether it's just on staff at a church, like you are going to find outside of the pastor role, but that's a whole different conversation. I, yeah. I don't, yeah, it's fine. <sighs> Anyways, in, in churches, the majority of, uh, volunteer roles or roles in a church are held by women. Why? Yeah. I have lots of answers. One mm-hmm. of them would be that I think that, I think that men are sheepish, too sheepish, not like, sheepish not like. I don't mean like shy. That's not what I mean. I think that men are are say it in general. Say it. 
say that much. I think I think cowardly might be the right Timid, word. Timid, bro. Timid. Afraid to step up and yeah. take the responsibility that that is put on them. And honestly, I don't even think that's necessarily distinct to to men. Like we all have uh, somewhat of a responsibility yeah. to step up. And no um, one's called to be timid in the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody. <laughs> but for whatever reason, in these types of like whether it's volunteering or whatever, men shy away. And I think it also kind of speaks to the the culture of power, the, of yeah. like desire for power within the church. And, like, and like the positions that men hold are the really quote unquote powerful ones. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, when yeah. it comes to the nitty gritty and we got to actually do this ministry day in and day out, relational ministry, like men shy away. Yeah. It's ask, ask, Bro, anyone, ask anyone who who attends a summer camp, who's a counselor at a summer camp. Bro, you or or that, someone on staff, church in general, ask them how bro. long it takes for them to be fully staffed for guys versus girls. Say just, that. just ask it. Say that. It's it's like twice the amount of time. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it really is. And I think that true masculinity, if we're going to get down to it, and I'm going to stay rooted literally in this in this Tim, First Timothy verse. Stay rooted then. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. If we were truly walking in faith, and love and godliness and steadfastness you can leave out gentleness and righteousness even on this part yeah but but like if we're walking in a couple of those even then we should be servant-hearted that's that's just be it bro. willing to lay down <laughs> literally our time our money our energy our yep. effort yep. um to serve the kingdom yeah that just is what it is it and, and is for whatever what is, reason men are timid cowardly yeah. And that's not even excuse. That's not excusing myself. I've been there. No, facts. right. See, that's you the know? thing. Like facts. You know, like it's a t- it's a daily temptation, a daily temptation to be passive and to be timid. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, for sure. And literally, bro, when I first came to Christ, I didn't really, I didn't understand, but I didn't really know that men followed God. <laughs> it sounds really weird, but it wasn't until um, I joined my fraternity, uh, my Christian mm-hmm. fraternity. That I was like, oh, what? no worries, bro. We just began emails. It's all good, bro. We human. So it wasn't until I joined my fraternity that I was like, oh, men do this too. Because men follow God, right? <laughs> it's like this just understanding and maybe also the fact that I'm um, Nigerian and sometimes that's kind of just what you see is you see women carrying the the, the brunt usually and men kind of chilling but having a lot of authority with like no, no getting their hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Which is what I'm not gonna do. I mean, come on now, I, I, brother, brother, man, I'll get my hands dirty. You feel me? <laughs> so yeah, it was just shocking, man. So it's it's really a question of overcoming that passivity and that timidity and just stepping up, bro. Like every, you know, every man, you know, deep down, you you kind of you want you want to lead. You wanna you wanna lead, right? But leadership, as you were saying, is literally just servanthood because any leader, anybody who has led something knows there comes a point where you don't want to lead <laughs> facts where you are looking and you are just like yeah I, I yeah i don't know if i signed up for this <laughs> like literally <laughs> um and that's the point that men have to overcome if i'm being honest including myself on the days where i i, I want to be that guy just passive and timid you know so it goes back to the lion-hearted part of you know being lamb like submitted but also carrying your authority you know like it's it's like don't you don't have to um apologize for having authority like have Indeed. it with humility yeah so um yeah man i just think it's important that we talk about these things and we especially the men like you know our kids and men around us just not like half stepping on these words because it's important and it will be attacked more and more yeah. cuz 
we can't just be out here doing nothing, bro. Like God is, is wise. He, he he knows why he does things. He knows why he says things. He knows why he um, leads us in the ways that he leads us. And if we're in his presence, everything makes sense. Indeed. And if I could just close with this, I think that men, like we've been saying, are too timid and are too afraid to really step into a role that really makes them sacrifice their time, energy, uh, whatever it may be. And, and Isaiah 41.10, and this is, this is a general verse, but it applies really specifically, I think, to what we're talking about. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fellas, there's, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing uh, that we can't overcome in this space because God is with us. And so we need to be people that, that are stepping out sacrificially and stepping into uh, servant-hearted roles. Period. Amen. End of story. Amen. So this has been the First Last Podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Prince. And we out. Thank you.